the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Keeping you vaccinated against the lies of the liberal media pandemic. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Speaking of being vaccinated, by the way, uh, the shirts are now available. The ones that I told you that I was going to make, and I was just off the spur of the moment, just literally off the cuff. Um, we're doing it. I'm actually doing it. Do you remember this? This was uh, before I go to Dr. Piper here. I'll uh, beg his indulgence here just real quick. This was the way I ended the show last Friday, or right toward the end of the show last Friday. Remember? They're really, really upping their, their game. Like I said, they, uh, they're, they're, they're taking more drastic steps. The, the, the suppression of our First Amendment rights is nearly complete in the online world, in the digital world. It's nearly complete. Google-owned YouTube... That's right. If you didn't know that, Google is the parent company of YouTube. So if you have a YouTube account, if you use YouTube, you are contributing to Google's domination, which is why I tell you never to use YouTube. I tell you to use Rumble, and I tell you not to use Google. I tell you to use DuckDuckGo. YouTube is banning any videos that claim any vaccine or uh, make any vaccine criticism, any of them, whether it be the COVID-19 vaccines or any other vaccines that have been shown to cause problems or have terrible side effects on people, including autism in children. If you present anything like that, that even remotely questions the effectiveness or the safety of vaccines, you're banned. Even though the FDA has, through the years, had to pull drugs that they approved off the market, because it turns out they were harmful. If you try to display that harm on YouTube, they will ban you from YouTube. They don't want science they want compliance holy cow i just went johnny cochran and didn't plan to i gotta quote i gotta i gotta patent that i gotta get them i gotta get the, the 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 rights to that they don't want science they want compliance there's a better way to say that i'm gonna figure it out and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna patent that and i'm gonna make a ton of money off it i'm gonna put it on t-shirts no science just compliance there it is that's what they want holy cow i'm good <laughs> so uh so that was last Friday. That was October 1st. It is now October 7th. The T-shirts are ready to go. I teamed up with Chris Gorin, who runs a phenomenal printing company in Wellington, does great, great work for a lot of conservative causes, and the T-shirts are ready to go. They're black with red and white trim, which is very similar to the WHK and 1420 The Answer logo, which you know, and it says exactly that. They don't want science. They want compliant. The graphic is phenomenal. If you want to order one, contact me. I am literally going to embrace capitalism at its finest right now, and we're going to market these and i want to see them on hundreds of bodies at every event that i speak at going forward uh so make sure you know those t-shirt that t-shirt idea went from uh literally uh, an an impromptu comment to being in production right now in a matter of six days all right uh let's welcome i almost elected you to congress everett piper i almost called you congressman everett piper rather than dr everett piper but dr everett piper it's good to have you back how are you sir 
I'm doing great, uh, and thanks for the uh, the promotion there. I guess. <laughs> and and I want to go live on air and say I want one of those T-shirts. I want a large. So you tell Marcy to get me one of those and bill me for whatever I need to pay. I you. will absolutely. I need, to, I need to be wearing one of those. I you know, they're in production. They'll be available for shipping next week. I'll make sure you get one of the very first ones, Doctor Piper. And I appreciate that. Um, by the way, Doctor Piper, for those who are just joining, we have new listeners adding all the time. Doctor Piper is a former university president. He is a best-selling author. He's a columnist for the Washington Times, and he also does a radio show, uh, radio podcast show in Oklahoma called The Rebellion. Uh, Doctor Piper, let's dive into your column for the Washington Times. It's been my theme, or not my theme. It's been the topic of my discussion all morning long thus far. The National School Boards Association sent a letter to Joe Biden saying, our board members, our school boards are getting crushed by all of these activist parents coming in and saying we can't teach critical race theory. We can't teach gender LGBTQ theory. We can't uh, uh, divide the kids. Uh, we can't use pornographic comprehensive sexual education and make that available to kids to embrace their, their sexualities. They're really, really making life hard on us. Will you do something? Joe Biden turned to his attorney general and said, do something. Merrick Garland turned around and said, deal. FBI is going to be investigating parents who are, who are too rough on the school board members. Now, that's a very, very gentle uh, description of all of this, uh, Dr. Piper. But at the end of the day, they left everything completely open-ended that said parents who intimidate, harass, or threaten violence will be investigated by the FBI. There's no defining harassment or intimidation or threats of violence. Uh, so they are wide open, and the FBI can do whatever they want. What's going on here? Well, I think your, your summary statement right there is the critical point. It, as is the case with most postmodern communication, um, it's muddy waters and the terms are left undefined so that those people in power will define what intimidation means, what harassment means, what hate means. And in other words, you don't know what they're going to define as intimidation, harassment, and hate or even violence, because they say that silence is violence. So if you sit there and you're just quiet, is that akin to violence? Well, some would say it is. The point is, the National School Board Association, and this is a fact, on September 29th, sent a letter to Biden, as you described it, and that NSBA, the National School Board Association, defines itself as follows. We represent 90 thousand school board members who govern our country's 14,000 local public school districts educating more than 50 million school children. That's what they say of themselves. In this letter, and I'm reading from it right now, Bob, maybe you've already done this on the show, but they say America's public schools and its educational leaders are under immediate threat. They're saying this to Joe Biden. They believe that assistance is required from the federal government. They're calling Joe Biden to implement the Patriot Act against domestic terrorism because parents are going to school board meetings and disagreeing, raising their hands and saying, I don't like critical race theory. It's racist by definition. You're pitting one group of students by virtue of the color of their skin against another. I don't like LGBTQIA, subjective identity claims. It's anti-scientific, and it is also against my religious convictions. If you're a parent... And you go and raise your hand, as your previous guest said, and they take a picture of you with your raised hand where you're trying to ask a question. 
and they post that you're a Nazi because you raised your hand to ask a question, now the FBI will be at your doorstep before you get home because you're a domestic terrorist. This is not hyperbole. I am not exaggerating. I'm reading the letter. This is exactly what's going on. Two follow-ups to that, Dr. Piper, that I would like a reaction to. Number one is the, uh, the, the part about the definition of threats of violence. I don't think anybody on our side of the ideological scale would ever say that threats of violence are acceptable. However, again, being undefined, if you tell a board member, which they cited in their letter as an example of, of a threat of violence, if you tell a board member that if you don't uh, revoke CRT or whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're complaining about, we're coming for you. They're, they're taking that as a threat of violence, meaning we're going to come to you and commit physical harm, rather than what it means, I guarantee you, we're coming for your job. We're coming for you. You're not going to be on that board anymore unless you do what the parents of this district want. Uh, and we are the ones who elect you. We are the voters in these districts. So if you say we're coming to you, or coming for you, they're taking, ah, here comes the FBI, because you just committed a threat of violence. This is... Um this is state-imposed uh, censorship, pure and simple. Yes, it is. For the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, by definition, that's what they're saying in their letter, will be called by the President of the United States to come to your home and question you because you used a common phrase, I'm going to come for you, meaning I'm going to try to run against you for the school board in the next election, I'm going to have your job. No, that isn't what you meant. You meant that you were calling for violence. Because you're a white supremacist, you are calling people to do physical harm against those that you disagree with. This is what they're actually claiming. And they muddy the waters by their use of manipulation of words and definitions and leaving everything open for interpretation. And who's the interpreter? The people in power. There's no longer an objective standard defining these terms. The people in power are those that define them. Take, for example, Bob, the word insurrection. We now are told that an insurrection took place on January 6th at the Capitol. Now, before that day, would you have said that a bunch of people that were dumb enough to go through a barrier and enter the Capitol and do stupid things in the Capitol without having arms and without engaging in physical conflict, would you have said that they were guilty of an insurrection? Probably not. But the media and the government has dumbed down the definition of insurrection so that now it covers that event. When we can't define our terms any longer, we're in trouble. And we're going to be at the mercy of the powerful to define those terms for us. That's a great example. That is exactly correct. This is what happens when the, when the terms are not clearly defined. And they're left undefined in that order by Garland uh, intentionally. The other part I wanted you to react to, I said there were two, Dr. Piper, is uh, Merrick Garland's financial interest in this, or at the very least, the financial interest of his daughter and son-in-law. It became known on, I believe it was Tuesday night, I covered this extensively yesterday, that Merrick Garland's daughter is married to the co-founder of Panorama Education. 
Panorama Education uh, does, among other things, it provides critical race theory materials to school districts uh, uh, that are uh, planning to or are already teaching critical race theory. So in other words, if the parents are successful in getting CRT banned from uh, curricula in schools across the country, it's going to take money out of the pocket of his daughter and her husband. Uh, it's it's almost impossible that this is real, but it is. Yeah. Um, does the word recuse mean anything to the progressive left? Anthony Fauci should be recusing himself from any discussion of COVID-19 right now or vaccination or masking because he no longer has credibility. Actually, the fact that he won't recuse himself could indeed be killing people because a lot of people don't trust him any longer because of his flip-flopping. Recuse yourself. You've been compromised. Merrick Garland should likewise recuse himself from this situation for the obvious reason. His daughter has financial gain with, has potential financial gain based on how he performs in his job. That's the definition of when you should recuse yourself and people of integrity would understand that. Merrick Garland obviously is not one and likewise Anthony Fauci is not one. They don't even understand your obligation to remove yourself from the discussion if you have any vested interest in the outcome. You can't be a judge over something that you have a vested interest in the final judgment. You have to be blind, so to speak. That's why Lady Justice is blind. That is exactly right. Dr. Piper, terrific response. Let's take a time out here at 1020. And on the other side, we're going to talk about apologies that should never be made. And you just mentioned your friend, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, he has exposed himself as being something that many of us suspected, but now it's pretty much uh, been confirmed by his own words. I'll let you respond to that, too, when we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. free whk mobile app and listen to your favorite whk programs or podcasts on the go it's free in your app store okay 10 24 let's continue now with dr everett piper we've got two topics left to do in six minutes we're gonna have to go uh kind of rapid fire here but dr piper this is this is a pretty amazing thing. This is, you know, we, we hear oftentimes people saying the worst thing in the world that you can do is bow to the woke mob. The worst thing that you can do is try to apologize and appease the woke mob. Once they are coming for you, they are coming for you. There's no getting around it uh, and no getting away from it. But yet that's what's happening here in this situation. Jo- I'm going to let you tell the story about Josh McDowell and about why he's, why he's well known and about what he said and the reaction. Go ahead. Josh McDowell is probably one of the uh, greatest apologists in the evangelical church for the last 30, 40 years. He wrote evidence that demands a verdict. He has written more than a carpenter. These are two of his big sellers. He sold over 50 million copies of his books over his career. He works for Campus Crusade for Christ, and he's been a speaker around the world. Recently, he was speaking to an organization for Christian counselors. He said what should have been said. He said that the emphasis of critical race theory is unbiblical, that it focuses on systematic racism rather than individual sin. He said that the Bible tells us that we need to confess our individual sins. It doesn't emphasize systems and systematic sin. He then went on to say that the black community doesn't have the advantages that the white community has and that there are situations where the black community, the kids, don't have the mentoring necessary to value education 
and to value hard work. Well, when he said that last point, which ironically enough is exactly what the critical race theory advocates would say, he was condemned broadly for somehow speaking disparagingly about the black community. Ignore the facts that 70-some percent of black children are born to fatherless families and don't have good mentoring from dads to teach them the value of work and the value of education, etc. And nor ignore the fact that people like me, aside from the black community, grew up in a family where my mom and dad didn't have a high school diploma. So, of course, education was not emphasized as much as perhaps your family, Bob, or other people listening to me right now. Ignore those facts. They demanded that Josh apologize for his comments, even though, in my opinion, he said nothing wrong. Now, Josh is a mentor of mine. He's a friend of mine. I have no right to tell him what to do. But here's what he did. He did apologize for his comments, and he removed himself from ministry for a period of time because he had hurt people. Now, my point is this. Never bow the knee to the rage mob. Never bow, because that's not going to be good enough. If you bow to the rage mob you will also be giving them your head. They will not be satisfied with your knee. They want your head. Never bow the knee and never apologize for something if you're not wrong. If you are, fine. But if you're not, never apologize. Well, Dr. Piper, it's, uh, it's a shame because you're, he was right in exactly what he said. It is not racist to point out the obvious. And in fact, as I mentioned to you yesterday, Larry Elder... Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams, and many other black scholars and and deep thinkers have pointed out the very same thing that Josh McDowell pointed out and didn't have to apologize. Why? Because they're black. You can't acknowledge the seventy-five uh, percent, uh, you know, fatherless households leading to very strong challenges for young black children. Uh, you can't say that if you're not black. And that's what Josh McDowell found out, but he needed to stand by the principle that he was, you know, that he was speaking of here and not, as you say, bend the knee to the rage mob because his head is next. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk about that, but I do want to get your thoughts, Dr. Piper, on this. I know how you feel about Anthony Fauci. You have called for him not only to be, uh, to resign from his post with the federal government, but to also be brought up on charges and put in prison. A lot of us have suspected that there is a bit of a a very, very far-left tilt to his ideology, maybe so far as to go into Marxism and communism. He removed all doubt with a statement that he made to the Canadian Broadcast Corporation or company last week. You have got to look at it and say there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. There's no doubt that that's the case. For those who don't know the definition of communism, he just provided you with a very good one, one in which individual rights do not matter. It's only the good of the state that matters, and you will sacrifice for the state. This is what he said, and he's the highest paid federal employee in the country. I mean, literally, he makes more than the president of the United States. He just advocated for communism, and Dr. Piper, I haven't heard anybody condemning it. Well, I know I've got limited time, so I'm just going to ask a rhetorical question. Where does it say that in our Constitution? Where is there anything in our Constitution, the law of the land? And when you talk about obeying the government in the United States, it's the Constitution. It's not Anthony Fauci. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Nancy Pelosi. It's not Donald Trump. It's the Constitution. We are a constitutional republic. Where does it say anything remotely like that in our Constitution and its preceding 
seminal documents such as our Declaration of Independence. What he said is antithetical. It's opposite of our constitutional law and the government of our land. I hope you'll consider writing about this, Dr. Piper, maybe for the Times. Uh, because, again, I've been listening to other radio shows, some of my, my favorite conservative voices, and nobody is talking about this. They're talking about how he said, maybe you should go to Christmas, maybe not, it's too soon to tell, which is just extraordinarily insulting that he thinks he makes the travel plans and the decisions for our families. They hit that, and they've hit other things that he has said. They have not touched his open admission that he believes in states' rights over individual rights, and thus communism so maybe uh, we can get another conservative voice out there talking about this some way or another thanks for priming the pump we'll give it a try doing my best sir thank you very much dr piper appreciate you Bless all right there's dr everett piper it's now 10 30 we'll take a time out here and on the other side we're going to talk about something positive it's probably overdue that we do that there's a very positive event coming up at notre dame college uh, and we're going to let Peter Corrigan, who is a professor at Notre Dame College, and a couple of his students tell you all about it coming up next right here on AM 1420 BS. sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob france authority on am 1420 the answer all right 10 37 we continue now on am 1420 the answer thanks again to dr everett piper great conversation thanks also to jonathan broadbend who joined us in the first hour if you missed either one of those interviews uh by all means uh check it out at whkradio.com our number one should already be up there on the podcast page our number two will be shortly after this show ends after 11 o'clock so check it out at whkradio.com want to talk about something positive now so much in the news is negative and things that we're battling and fighting and trying to work through but there are some great things happening particularly at local universities like Notre Dame College. Uh, I want to welcome to the program Professor Peter Corrigan. It's so funny, Peter. It's the second time I've talked to you this week. Uh, You wear a lot of hats. You do a lot of work. You get around a little bit. Candidate for Rocky River School Board, but professor at Notre Dame College as well. Peter, so good to have you back. How are you, sir? Yeah, very good, thanks. This is sort of my day job, Bob, so um, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't mean to well, kind of use that one, but yeah. I'm glad you brought some of your coworkers for your day job along with you, and specifically we're talking about students here because this is what it's at the, is at the heart of all of this. Let's welcome Angelina Leonetti to the program. She is a senior uh, at Notre Dame College, and uh, she's in the entrepreneurial program. Angelina, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you, and thank you for coming on. Also with you is Tyler Shadel. Tyler, thank you for joining us. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Good. How are you? I'm good. Tyler, I didn't get your class. Are you a senior also? No, I'm a junior. You're a junior, and what are you studying, Tyler? Uh, Business administration, and I'm minoring in entrepreneurship. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, I'm glad to have you both here along with your professor. And, Angelina, I want to start with you because um, I heard a commercial that you already recorded, and I know you were in our studios. You, you recorded a commercial about a very important event that's coming up on October 19th about empowered women. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, so the event is just a panel of highly successful senior female executives who are mostly owners, presidents, or vice presidents of their companies. And 
they have mixed experience, including like finance, manufacturing, consulting, and service industries. So is there, a fo- is there a particular focus, or let me rephrase, what is the reason for the particular focus, Angelina, on women uh, being empowered as business leaders, as CEOs, as uh, you know, uh, 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 managers, and so on and so forth in the, uh, in the entrepreneurial world? Um, I think being a successful woman in business just means that it opens up a lot of doors for other women by, like, setting examples and it helps younger women like probably inspires them right and when you see successful right. women yeah it inspires younger women like yourself who are who are you know looking to to be entrepreneurs do you have an idea yet angelina i know you're just a senior i shouldn't say just a senior you're on your way into the world very very shortly do you have an idea of what kind of business you might think about starting yeah i'm more into the real estate business that's what interests me so something along those lines Okay. Um, Tyler, now tell me about this. This is obviously called Empowered Women, the business panel event that we're promoting here, coming up October 19th at the college, uh, 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6.30, as you heard. Uh, but, Tyler, you are also in the entrepreneur program. Tell me what drew you to this. You, you, it's probably, I think a lot of people say, it's better to be your own boss than to work for somebody else, and that's what entrepreneurs do. But it's a, it takes a special kind of person to have the guts uh, to go out there and to, and to risk opening your own business. Tell me what draws you to that. Right. Um, I kind of just, like you said, want to be my own boss. And um, um, I kind of like the fact that you make your own schedule, you work for yourself, um, you have the ability to do whatever you want sort of thing. Um, you get to pick what interests you the most because it's your business. You get to run it the way you want to run it. There's not many things like pulling you one way, pulling you another. You get to own everything with a business. That's very true. Uh, do you have an idea what kind of field you're looking at when, uh, when the time comes for yourself? Yeah, I'm also looking at real estate. That's what interests me the most. Okay, that's fantastic. Tell me about Professor Corrigan. Tell me, tell me what he does to get you ready for the, uh, for the entrepreneurial world. Point that here if you get it wrong, guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tyler, seriously, no, go ahead. Tell me, tell me a little bit about uh, what you've learned uh, at Notre Dame College from from the professor as well as just the rest of the studies. Yeah, I, I love the class. I love the program. Um, he kind of teaches us to dive into entrepreneurship as a whole and like see all the building blocks of what it takes to own your own business. Um, we get to look at successful people, hear about what they have to say, like the speakers event. Um, you get to dive into every little piece that's going to go into owning a business, all the things you're liable for, all the things you have to worry about, and it really sets you up good for the real world when you want to start a business. That's that's terrific. That That's Tyler Shadle, one of the students at Notre Dame College, joining us. He's a junior in the Business Administration and Entrepreneurship Program. Angelina Leonetti is a senior. What about you, Angelina? What can you tell me about the professor? What are you learning from Professor Corrigan? Um. He pretty much touched everything. He's probably one of my favorite professors just because he isn't, like, throwing a ton of information at us. He's, I mean, he's giving us good information that is very useful for the future and, like, owning your own business and instead of just, like, going over PowerPoints, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> I do. Is, is he a tough grader? Um, not really. <laughs> not a pushover, but fair, right? That's that's what you look for in a professor is somebody who's fair to you. Angelina, let me ask you this. Um, similar to what I just mentioned to uh, Tyler, uh, it takes guts. Um, you know, when somebody goes out there to start their own business, to be an entrepreneur, to, to hang their own shingle, sometimes people refer to it as, it takes guts because, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of startups fail. In fact, the numbers are, are overwhelming that it's a very big challenge. Are you at all concerned, particularly at this time, in this, cli- in this climate, um, with the number of businesses that because of the pandemic last year that had to close their doors when lockdowns happened and uh, uh, restrictions are placed on, on gatherings and so on and so forth. Are you concerned at all that when you get into the work world that things that are out of your control, you know, could, could, could potentially sink your entire plan? Um, I mean, I think to be successful, you do have to go through some failures. I feel like everybody who's successful at least had one failure in their life, but it just makes you stronger and you learn from it. So, I think that's exactly correct. I mean, Peter, you can speak to this too. I mean, you know, you you know the numbers in terms of startup businesses, and you also know the challenge that existing businesses, even those that have been successful, have faced during this particular point in time with pandemic leading to economic uh, calamity and so on and so forth. How do how do you how do you explain that to students, Peter, uh, with with respect to the risk that is involved with opening your own store? Well, I try, I try to let everybody know from the onset that. Um, that startups within the first five years about half of startups are just are, are gone they, they shut down mm-hmm. and and so it really takes a lot of perseverance and it takes a lot of attention a lot of attention to detail but more than anything being able to reach out to other people and and utilize their experience to help help them through help you through your 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 tough spot yeah. that's what these women who are coming to talk to us about um that, that, that's what they'll focus on they'll focus on their highs and lows and and they're just they're terrific Terrific speakers. They have very compelling personal stories. One woman, um, she was left with her company's business. Her, her husband died in his early 40s, and she had five kids in this business to manage, and she just wow. turned the whole thing around. So we're, I, and I, I do want to mention one other thing about these kids. Now that they're going to get extra credit for what they said about me, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this event is put on by my students. They put everything on. So Angelina and, and Tyler. Also, I have another student involved in this, David Moss, who's his, he is actually going after his own um, nonprofit startup. He's trying to regenerate, restart the Maple Heights Little League, which is awesome. Um, these kids have put this, put this thing on. And, and um, the three that I mentioned, they're our, they're our advertising committee. And so their, their goal is to get the message out. It's free to the public. Um, you know, anyone's invited, and we have it in the Regina Auditorium, so we have a lot of space, and everyone's invited. Yeah, it, it is so great. And by the way, to your to the uh, Little League thing, so I love that. I, it's so important. Neighborhood Little League, Community Little League has just been wiped out by travel baseball and some of the other. And I'm not knocking travel baseball. My son played it too. But local Little League in which every kid gets to play, it's such a big thing. And I hope your, uh, your, your other student, David, there is very successful in that, as well as Tyler and Angelina with their real estate entrepreneurship. Um, so, uh, Angelina, back to you real quick about the Empowered Women Business Panel event. It's October 19th. That's coming up, obviously, in 12 days at the Regina Auditorium. How can people uh, uh, register for that, or is it just show up at the door and you can come on in? 
It's just show up at the door and you can come in. The doors open at 6.30 with refreshments, and it starts at 7. So So the professor said that you guys are running the entire event. So did you reach out to the speakers and book them? And if so, what were you looking for in finding speakers to make these presentations? Our our great professor actually found the people. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I helped him with that. So sorry, but no, no, that's that, no, that's great. And that's and 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 what I liked is what Angelina said earlier. These are women who are going to inspire younger women because you know sometimes, quite frankly, when you think of the business world, even today, uh, you know that you, it it is sometimes thought of as the old boys club or it's thought of as a you know as a men's only exclusive community or fraternity, and it's not. And it certainly is available and open to everybody. Tyler, uh, again, I I love the fact that you and David, the other two students here involved in this, you know, it's called an empowered women business this panel event doesn't matter to you right this is all about success for people who have the guts and the and, and the uh, uh and the intelligence and the strategy and so on and so forth to pursue their own business yeah so even though these are women and it's not exactly uh correlated to what i'm doing mm-hmm. um they're still successful people in the business world and they're still people you can look up to because they've had success um and i do like the whole event because we're trying to amplify like attention to women like the minorities and all entrepreneurs in general. So I like the whole event. Yeah, well, you know what I like, guys, too, and, and Professor Corrigan is, uh, you know, the Notre Dame College student body is is diverse uh, in race and nationality and gender and, and so forth. But what you guys are focusing on is individual success and achievement, not about identification groups. It is about personal drive, motivation, uh, strategy, and success on an individual basis, right? Right. We don't have any victims in my classes, Bob. I love that. I love that. And I would expect nothing less. Notre Dame College is a, is a great university, and I know a great college, and I know that uh, what you are doing with these kids is going to be very, very impactful for them. So a reminder once again, it's uh, it's coming up on October 19th. It's an empowered women business panel event with women speakers coming in from all different areas of business, from finance, manufacturing, service, and consulting. It's at Notre Dame at the Regina Auditorium on the 19th. Doors open at 630, and as uh, Angelina Leonetti just said, just uh, you just have to show up come to the door it is open to the public all are welcome to listen to the inspirational stories of these women and hopefully support these young students who are on their own way angelina leonetti senior at notre dame tyler shadel a junior at notre dame and professor corrigan thank you all three for coming on i hope you have a fantastic event thanks very much for having us my pleasure thank you guys i love to hear positive stories like that particularly about colleges because you know we talk all the time you know we just do. We talk all the time about so many of the issues in college campuses, and we talk about, you know, woke mobs, and we talk about indoctrination, and we talk about politics, and all these other things that should not be a part of education. And this is just about pure education and uh, uh, improving and preparing the future for these young entrepreneurs. Terrific stuff. All right, ten fifty. We got time for a few phone calls in the final segment coming up next on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, 10.54, we continue and wrapping it up in our final segment. We've got a little more room here than we normally do for the last segment. We'll get a couple of phone calls in. Also, a reminder, uh, if you are interested in one of the T-shirts 
They don't want science. They want compliance. Uh, that was kind of born last Friday when I just happened to utter those words. Those T-shirts are in production as we speak. They'll be ready for shipping next week. And if you want one, reach out. Uh, I'll ask Marcy to kind of be the uh, the facilitator of that. Reach out to Marcy at the radio station and get the orders in with your size and your um, and your address. Uh, they're twenty dollars, and uh, and we'll get them to you. Uh, I want to put as many of those on as many backs as I can for all of the events that we go to, conservative events, GOP events uh, in uh, in uh, Northeast Ohio. I want as many Many people wearing those is humanly possible. I want to show everybody the truth, and I think we have to do that together. Okay, Mike in um, Akron. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Mike. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. Love your show. Thank you for fighting the good fight. Love it when you have Dr. Everett Piper on your show and Jim Jordan. They're two of my favorite guests that you have on a consistent basis. So thank you for that. Thank I you. just wanted to talk to you real quick about the Second Amendment, which I'm obviously a proponent of. You know, it wasn't for common sense stuff like defending yourself or hunting. That was a, a given. It was for election integrity and, you know, uh, abuse and corruption in government. And I think of what happened in Pennsylvania when they kicked out all the independent poll watchers and they, and they closed the windows, you know, with blinds and so forth. Shouldn't there be a militia there to enforce and i'm not talking about violently you know killing people or anything like that i'm just talking about enforcing election integrity when you i mean there's only one reason why you would kick out all the uh, independent poll watchers and, and close the windows well you're right obviously uh there is only one reason it's because you've got something to hide um i don't know that militia necessarily is the answer by the way that doesn't mean i don't think there should be militia i absolutely do and again i'm not ignorant of our history and people who think that militia are right-wing extremists looking well, it, to looking it, to commit hate crimes they don't understand what a militia is uh yeah, militia is responsible in large part for our freedom go ahead it it happened in the 40s or something like in tennessee there was uh corruption in an election and a militia was formed there was actually gunshots and they ended up protecting the election uh, it, the, the election would have been fixed had they not intervened they did and uh, they got the crooks out of office and they did it through a militia these are men who had served in you know uh, in the military on and so forth but uh, it, there is a precedent for that happening we cannot uh, republicans conservatives cannot allow the Democrats to do what they did in Philadelphia again. We just can't. No, I, I, I completely Thank concur. Thank you for the call, Mike. I completely concur. I really do. It's just that, you know, they, they have what's supposed to be to balance things out. We're supposed to have poll watchers. We're supposed to be Republican and Democrat poll watchers, watchers to watch to make sure there are no shenanigans. Now, when they do start evicting people, uh, you, we've got a problem here. Does that mean we have militia show up armed in order to say, you can't throw me out of here. I'm going to watch this election. I don't know how that will go. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily if there's another, another way to do it. I prefer to solve our election integrity problems legislatively and then to see those things enforced, um, you know, again, in a bipartisan manner without the need for an actual militia. However, if our republic is at stake, and it is, and if our republic is in jeopardy, and it may be, and if that's the only thing we can do to ensure that the people's voice is truly heard and votes are counted properly, um, then we do what we need to be done. Thank you, Mike. Um, Tom in Medina, next. Hey, Tom, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead, sir. Hi, Bob. Hi, Tom. Do you know that oh, that oversight committee meeting is going on right now? Is Jim Jordan on that committee? On the oversight committee in the House, I yeah. don't know. He's on the he's the ranking member of the judiciary. I don't know. I don't think he's on oversight. I could be wrong, but I don't know. 
okay, well, if he is, you need to... I, it, I started to watch it, and the first thing, the Democrats chair of the committee she starts what does she do she trashes donald trump talking about the the lie that the elections were rigged that's how it started off so i don't know how much of it i'm going to watch but well you know what i was wrong i was wrong i just looked it up while you were talking uh tom he is on judiciary and oversight and reform so yes he is there so I promise you, you know, if he gets an opportunity to question, and thank you for the call, uh, if he's got an opportunity, gets an opportunity to speak and question witnesses there, you you will hear Jim Jordan at his best. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.